0: Opportunity to talk to Ambrose Kenny Smith of the Murlocs and King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard over Zoom. Kenny Smith is the son of Broderick Smith, who is a very successful singer-songwriter harmonica player from Melbourne, Australia. So that's how Ambrose got into music. He said he used to go see his dad play all the time. He talked about learning harmonica at a very early age and some of the first bands he was in. He actually formed the Murlocs before King Gizzard, before joining King Gizzard. But they both kind of took off around the same time. With Cook Craig also performing with both Gizzard and the Murlocs. We talked about how hardworking of an artist he is with the amount of records the bands have put out. King Gizzard has put out, what, 18 studio records. I think they put three out over the course of quarantine. And this is his fifth studio record with the Murlocs. And he has a sixth one already complete. He tells us all about this most recent record. It was actually finished. And it was being mixed in March 2020, right before the world shut down. So he spent the course of the quarantine writing basically three King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard records and another record for the Murlocs. He talks about some crazy shows that they've played recently in between lockdowns in Australia, how he's able to come up with set lists or even remember set lists with 18 albums worth of material for King Gizzard. And some shows they have planned for the Murlocs coming up. It'd be amazing if you check out our YouTube channel and Facebook page. We've got a ton, over 700 video interviews up there for you to watch. As well as like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at bringing back pod.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with the Murlocs my name's Adam and this podcast is all about you and your journey in music. And of course we'll talk about, uh, your new record as well with Murlocs. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, first off, why don't you tell me, where were you born and
1: raised? Um, Melbourne, Australia. I was born in Brunswick in Melbourne. Um, I lived in West Preston, a suburb of Melbourne till I was like eight and then moved to country Victoria to a town called Castlemaine. Mm-hmm. I lived there for 18 months or so. And then I moved to the coast, uh, the Victorian coast, um, and was living – I grew up in Ocean Grove. It's like a small surf town. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, and then I finished high school down there and then I moved back to Melbourne, back to the city. and Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, moved around a little bit. You moved around a little bit. Was that
0: for your, your parents' work or?
1: Um, yeah, sort of just parents' preference, really. Sure. I, my dad um, was a musician, is a musician, and his manager at the time was living in the country, and he was, I know, he seemed to like the country, so we moved there for a bit, and then my parents split up, and then I moved to the beach, to Ocean Grove. Um, which was nice. Which was a good place to grow up down the coast there.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I'm I'm from Southern California, from San Diego, so I know the coast really well. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool to, be, to grow
1: up around the the water and the beach. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot colder than um California, but um yeah, it's still it's still a nice setting. It's good. Everyone's uh it's a good uh good vibe. Everyone's got you know sure sure how how did you get into music um my dad i guess my dad played has played music forever and yeah since i was a kid i wanted to just sort of like a lot of kids be like their dad in ways and i played um picked up the harmonica because of him he, he plays the harmonica and and sings um yeah, so I sort of just did that stuff. I also just genuinely loved the sound of harmonica. I was listening to a lot of blues music and stuff growing up. So fall asleep every night listening to like Muddy Waters and Sonny Terry and Little Walter and Howling Wolf and all that stuff. So just sort of sort of ingrained in me. So it's, it's I find it hard to like um, get into some some genres that are so far from that because um <laughs> it's quite it's quite in my backbone sure is your dad pro- play, did he play professionally mhm oh wow yeah he played he played in bands and heaps of stuff and then was solo for a lot of his career that's amazing were you able to go see him play live and everything oh yeah yeah heaps of times yeah most of my life was in pubs and bars and concerts and stuff so yeah, I grew up a lot around it, so it's it, it's it's sort of a natural setting for me to be in.
0: Sure, sure. So that's that's pretty cool to have that. Um, you know, to 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 kind of look look towards as far as like a career and everything. I would imagine that helps.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good though. Yeah, I guess it's it's sort of weary and a bit more switched on maybe at times. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you, you're kind of a bit cautious and aware of, you know, the good and bad people or whatever.
0: Sure. Yeah, you can kind mm-hmm. of – you know a little bit more about the back end of the industry, yeah. I think.
1: I, can, I think I can sniff them out quicker. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you start a, or when did you join the first band? Um, I was playing music from, like, when I was, like – Six, seven or eight. And then I, I was still sort of just messing around with it. Just I was just a kid, so I was just sorry. Okay. <clears throat> oh. okay, um bless you. and then bless yeah, it's been un, un-, un- to sneeze at these times. But anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it was Sort of bit of that, messing around with a few things. Not really taking it that seriously. I did like a little funny EP when I was like eight or something. Wow. Um, It was called Boy With The Blues. It was hilarious. And then then after that, I was like pretty embarrassed. I I really wanted to be a professional skateboarder. So I was like obsessed with skateboarding for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, yeah, continued being obsessed for most, still am. Very obsessed. I prefer more on the music, really. Um, but it's just.
0: Okay, I've, I've skateboarded my whole life, and that's really mm. how I got into music. Was just like well, skate videos. Yeah. Like, oh, the, you know, yeah. who is he skating to? Oh, that's the Misfits, and like I'd find bands like that. Is that was kind of my uh, music education was through skate videos. That's cool that you're into skateboarding.
1: Yeah, I love That. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I know. Skateboarding changes. You know, the music industry changes a bit too. Mm-hmm. Everything gets a little bit cheesier or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I know I got obsessed with skateboarding and then I, I had a good friend in high school sort of ground me um, back again with music. Oh, Actually, we met at the end of primary school. It's so like grade five, the second last year of primary school mm-hmm. when I moved to the coastal town of Ocean Grove. And we started. he started getting me to um, play harmonica with him and stuff because he was in July like, playing blues guitar and whatnot. So we did a bit of that for a while and then started up a proper sort of band and continued that through our teenage years through high school. Mm-hmm. And then in my last year of high school, I started the Murlocs and I joined King Gizzard as well at the same time. Oh, okay. So, so you had started yeah. the
0: but like around the same time as King Gizzard. Was art Were they already yeah. a thing And you joined them Or like How did that end?
1: Um Yeah it Gizzard it had bit the thing For a few months maybe Uh huh Um But I'd already known Like most of the guys From previous bands That we were in Like together Like growing up Playing at the same pubs and Or like whatever Things there were Festivals and stuff Around mm-hmm. the coast So yeah I really knew, already knew Stu, Cook and Lucas From King Gizzard Um pretty well so once i started playing with them it was just pretty natural because um we'd known each other for so long and how each other played and what each sure. other was capable of
0: and cooks and um, murlocs too so were you guys yeah. like kind of a unit before you like were you playing together and both decided to join king gizzard like how did that kind of
1: yeah work? we are um, i already started murlocs and we were a band for maybe a couple of years and then um, oh, we okay. had a member we had a member leave And um, at the time, we were, like, hanging out at Cook's house a lot and even sometimes rehearsing in his bedroom and stuff. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we are all, like, really good mates. So it just seemed the obvious choice to ask him to join. And, um, yeah, luckily, he jumped on board straight away. And, yeah, it just sort of made everything easier, made more sense to, like, have, yeah, have him involved because of the Gizzard connection as well. And just because we're all just best mates and yeah, it was just a perfect fit. So sure. that's, the con- that's the connection there.
0: And but like King Gizzard kind of took over a little bit, right? As far as like the record oh, yeah. process went. Cause I mean, you, I mean, the fact that you can put out so many records, it blows my mind. I mean, between Murlocs and King Gizzard is like, <laughs> I don't know how you have time to even sleep, man. It's like you guys put out, pump out so much amazing music. But um it from you know the discography, it looks like it, you said Murlocs was first, but then King Gizzard put out what a rec- 12 bar blue uh, 12 bar, 12 bar brews prior to anything with, with uh Murlocks, correct?
1: Yeah, well like, both sort of bands started in 2010. Uh, uh-huh. but like by the time Gizzard was a band, it was already like after f- however long it was putting out APs and then like um, records and stuff, you know. So mm-hmm it was, it's been a fast moving train from the start. Um, yeah, Merlox was always a fair few steps behind, but on the like similar sort of wavelengths and path and doing same sort of shows, you know, I remember like sort of selling out the venue in Melbourne with Gizzard and then like uh, six months later doing it with Merlox and then like playing, playing the sort of the big festival Meritus with Gizzard um, But um, we had the opening slot with Gizzard and then, like, you know, I think it was the following year, um, Merlox played, like, one of the last slots. (laughs) So it it was all, like, pretty back and forth. And then once Gizzard, like, went to America, it just sort of took off. um, And um, everyone, yeah, just had to, yeah, keep up pretty much, you know? Sure. So when you came to America, that was
0: kind of the that's when Gizard that, really took off for you you'd say
1: yeah that was the breaking point for sure and we all knew that that was gonna either break it or you know or make it so <laughs> we went over the you know two months or whatever it was and that first year we we toured like two months stints did two of them one in like the states in europe it was sort of states in europe chopped in in between a uh, bit of both both times but um yeah, that was just, that was it. We kind of just, things just sort of took off from there, that's for sure. And um, yeah, it's been struggle ever since to keep Murlocs um, getting the same sort of treatment, um, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, I believe so hard in the music and um, everything that it, that it is that, yeah, I keep trying to push it to what it deserves, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, both bands obviously are phenomenal, but the fact that you are able to, like I said earlier, crank out the amount of songs and music for King Gizzard. And then also you've put out, you know, you just put out your sixth record or fifth, fifth record, full length record with Gizzard. I mean, with Murlocs too. It's like, so you have had like, what like 18 albums with the King Gizzard and now you have five Murlocs records as well.
1: Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I haven't, like, stopped to count recently.
0: That's crazy. Um, like, how do you write it? When you write a song, do you know if it's going to be a Gizzard or a Murloc song when it starts?
1: Um, yeah, I like, forever, I've sort of, a lot of my songs just go to Murlocs. Because um, okay. at the end of the day, I don't know, it depends. I'll, I'll show stuff to Stu, and then it's sort of like, if he clicks and digs it, he'll run with it, and he'll do something with it, you know? Mm-hmm. take it to where it needs to be or turn it into a gizzard song in any shape or form. But, you know, a lot of the time I know that songs are just kind of, a lot of my songs can just be a bit too straight up and maybe simple or whatever for whatever the vibe is. You know, sometimes we do albums with polyrhythms and sometimes we do albums with microtones and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so it's always got a pretty tech, you know, aspect to it. Um, So that's why I, Yeah, I I love Murlocs and hold it close to my heart because it is just that sort of simplistic, um, you know, standard kind of formula that I think is just kind of timeless to me. And it's also just like my favorite kind of music, that sort of blues rock music. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why it's always, I've always tried and kept it alive because I really get my fix out of that, you know? Sure. Um, and also Stu's just been such a a big help to the band as always, you know, whether it's recording our albums or mixing them for next to nothing, you know, I've still been trying to pay him for engineering Manic Candid episode like a few years ago and he refuses to invoice me. Um, <laughs> yeah. so That's it, cool. Yeah, I so didn't I realize give... that. So he helps record those records too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause he, yeah, he does feel guilty that, um he takes me away you know from murlocs with gizzard and stuff so he's (laughs) always trying to make things work for murlocs and you know he's really helpful um but at the same time he's a he's a workhorse so um yeah i mean obviously yeah never stop yeah 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 it's good it's good um good energy to be around yeah i mean
0: all you put out old locomotive in 2017, the same year, you put out five records with King
1: Gizzard. It's like, how do you do that? that? <laughs> it was literally mixing that when we're on like Ryanair flights in Europe. Like I remember like having stopovers in Portugal and having to like quickly listen to like old locomotive mixes. And then like I'd look over and he'd be working on a Gizzard song. Like, you know, while I'm sitting there trying to like figure out the snare sounds right. <laughs> that's, that's
0: so crazy. So you guys must just be like, that's all you you can do right it's just eat breathe, and write songs
1: yeah and it's, tour it's <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah it's good yeah he just he just never stops and so it makes you never stop because it just wants you wants you you just want more and more when you're around that um and uh yeah like i don't know yeah it just literally never stops like he had a he's had a kid and it's just keeps going and going um and yeah it just gives me a drive to like hit murlocs you know continuously punching stuff out as well Mm -hmm. you know being as good as we can be and how did that like how
0: did this whole pandemic kind of affect obviously the the formula really for murlocs and king gizzard because if it's like you guys are either touring or writing and recording records like so how did tell me about how this whole thing where you guys were at when like march 2020 what where were you and what, what was going on
1: in March 2020, I was mixing Bittersweet Demons. Oh, via, really? Yeah, via like in-check correspondence for those first couple of weeks. Yeah, I had like session times booked in at like a studio because we're going to do it to like this um, analog setup and everything with um, this dude, John Lee in Melbourne. And um, he's such a gun that he like he used this thing called Digital Pigeon, which I'd never like, heard before. I heard of before and he, it was just like this link you know and he sends it to you and it's just like a live stream to what he's listening to mm-hmm. so he'd call me up and be like hey have you got the stream going I'll play back where I'm at with the track and then he would like play it back and I can hear what he's doing and then we'd finish it and I'd be like oh yeah maybe turn the percussion down a little bit or do this and that and then he would play it again and you know then we'd sign off on the track and And he would call me back in a few hours when he had the next one, you know. So that was me just sitting at home for the first few weeks doing that, Mm -hmm. wireless. Um, And then, um, you know, in the other time, I was just working on like uh, King Gizzard's, you know, KG and LW records Mm -hmm. um, around that period. Uh, So, yeah, I was just at home and we all just, just kept working. We kept just busy. You know, Gizzard, we managed to finish three records, (laughs) <laughs> throughout like you know proper lockdown situations of like sending stuff back and forth which was pretty strange but now it's like we're we're pretty used to it like some of the guys just sort of keep preferring to stay home or like you know castle in Giz will prefer to stay home record his drums and whatever or it depends you know we're trying to get more around each other now that we can but everyone sort of just got comfortable with their own setups and what what they're doing mm-hmm. um so the same with Murlocs, you know, but Murlocs was, was harder because we've always been a band that's just naturally rather prefer to just get in a room together and, you know, sort of how everyone just kind of like can only get stuff done is when we're all together, figuring mm-hmm. things out as a, as a team, as a group. Um, so you'd say it's more of a, you
0: guys work better as like everyone together in one room and kind of bouncing ideas off each other versus what, yeah. the writing process for King Gizzard.
1: Yeah, for sure. Usually with Gizzard, it's like such a strong force from Stu or whoever, you know, is leading the song that it's kind of just all there, you know? It's sort of, mm-hmm. mm, there's not, a sh- there's like, I don't know, it depends on what it is, but a lot of the time it's sort of pretty allocated of like how the bass line should be and like how like, you know, certain voicing should be done, on keys and guitar, or whatever, or like yeah it's kind of pretty set out um but with murlocs we kind of just sort of keep it open book um even if there is a it even if it is pretty set out whatever no one really is showing or telling anyone what to do as such to kind of just like let anyone let everyone kind of just make it their own and do whatever mm-hmm. which is nice um um, but yeah, it's, it works in a different way. Like it depends with Gizzard because there's so much going on, so many songs that some songs are just sort of like pretty focused and pretty figured out down to a point. And then some songs are just loose and jammy and it's free for all, you know. <laughs> but I think with Melox, it's kind of just um, pretty just sort of, we prefer to just kind of get together in a room. But in saying that, we did manage to finish off a record in lockdown. So we've got another one under the belt. Um, for been, yeah, we've got another. Oh one. my gosh! But um, yeah, it's just it's it's hard for like I had to wait. So that was done in Bittersweet. Demons was done in Bitters. Um, in bit, in Bittersweet March, <laughs> twenty twenty. I keep saying Bittersweet so much in these interviews. Um, that yeah, we finished that, and then we're just like twiddling our thumbs, and we're like, and I was doing all these albums with Gizzard by just you know, everyone doing stuff at home that I just sort of me and Cook kinda of just thankfully convinced the others to try and see if we could make a record that way. And I really wanted to make a heavy record and I was, you know, busy doing the gizzard stuff. So Calum shuttle and Murlocks went ahead and made a banging record. Um, mostly himself and then just sort of sent the ideas to us and we played over the top of it. Um oh. Yeah, so it's a weird so it's way. Less democratic as, of- as
0: uh, it was more like he kind of helped, you know, um, like you know, had the structure for most of the record of this new one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah, it was all kind of there, and then the the drum parts, like everything was pretty much there except for vocals and stuff. Because I right, I always kind of just yeah get left to write my own words and. melodies and stuff a bit Um, but yeah it's all his music pretty pretty much more or less and then the um, rest of us kind of just put our bits and pieces cherries on top Mm -hmm. but yeah it's gonna be funny it's gonna be funny when like bands like big rock bands or whatever or whoever starts putting out these records that sound just literally so isolated (laughs) Because I, know. I, I love the record and we put so much work and time into it but I still listen back to it and I'm just like oh wow this is the most isolated drum sound I've ever heard for us which is kind of it's kind of refreshing maybe for a band like us I don't know I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing but I like it it is it is just what it is you know it's what we did with the time we had and it's going to be a case for a lot of people. So I'm interested to see what people come up with and what music starts to come out. I hope yeah. people don't keep waiting much longer. Yeah. Was it hard to like wait really getting older? Yeah. yeah was yeah, it hard to wait on this,
0: on bittersweet, uh, British Sweet demons to put it out? I mean, you said it was done
1: in yeah. March and like you just put yeah. it out a couple of weeks ago. Well, yeah, I was wanting to push it for as long as we kind of possibly could because I don't know, but, like, any longer than this just would have been actual torture and there probably would have been a lot more, um, yeah, reluctance against the songs to play them. I don't know. It just, yeah, this is probably as long as we could have waited. Uh And I'm glad it's out because, yeah, it needed to be done. (laughs) But, (laughs) yeah, I guess it just, you know, it is just the fact of the matter is that we, yeah, still can't properly play it live and bring um, bring the, you know, receive the fruits of it all, you know. So sure. hopefully that, you know, come some point next year. But I think by the time we'll be touring overseas, we'll probably just have this other one out. Um, yeah, because, you know, that's, that's the scary part of it, putting something out. You put so much time and love into it, and then it's just like a click of social media and it's it's out there, you know
0: right yeah because you're not gonna yeah, like give it the the attention and and support you would any other record right
1: because yeah it's- yeah it's a different feeling of like putting it out and just knowing that you don't really have all this stuff to follow it up with to take it to that next level mm-hmm. um like i guess that's always been a thing for murlocs anyway because we've never had a huge amount of time to tour it because i mean gizzard but like this time it, it it's it's a strange feeling because it's sort of just completely out of anyone's control, you know? Mm-hmm. How is it in Australia? Is it still pretty locked down? Um, Yeah, we're pretty super behind with vaccines and stuff. Like the government is um, pretty all over the shop. They're dropping the ball real oh. hard in that department. So like, yeah, I don't even, I know like one person is vaccinated, like fully vaccinated or something.
0: Oh wow. So there's not a whole lot of cuz I know earlier on or like Perth cuz it's so far down they were still doing shows and everything, right? Earlier, I mean yeah. months ago. And then now but it's nothing up in Melbourne.
1: Yeah, Melbourne caught it the hardest. Um, yeah, Melbourne definitely got hit pretty bad. Uh-huh. Um But yeah, it's weird now because it's it's going like for the first time in New South Wales, it's the cases per day are worse than it's ever been since the start of the p- pandemic, like now. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, which is so bizarre because it's always been us and the rest of the country doesn't really understand um, like how to deal with it seriously. So, like, recently we had like a two week lockdown and then straight away people just like mask and distancing and just, you know, it's like this impulse now in victorians that like Mm -hmm. everyone kind of just knows how to just deal with it and play by the rules and get it done quicker you know Mm -hmm. but but you look at like sydney and other states and there's people just all out and about kind of you know not with their masks on and kind of just a bit more carefree and, Mm -hmm. and then they're wondering why the cases are continuously going up and sort of staying stagnant um stagnant or whatever but yeah i don't know it's yeah. like everyone everyone has their own point of view but that's pretty much the black and white version sure. and the rest of the country is like yeah like queensland and other states are getting hit up as well but it's just funny because merlox i mean um <laughs> yeah not merlox victoria but like us here we' have been having this weird luck recently with it all um I've got nothing around me to touch wood, which is bad. But we <laughs> um we played in Sydney a few weeks ago and it was crazy. Like I couldn't believe it. We we finished a two week lockdown in Victoria in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Then on the Friday, the day after the lockdown finished, we got little, like all good to like fly to Sydney and play this show. And what we read on the news and spoke to everyone in house apartments and stuff was that we had to quarantine when we're not working so we had to quarantine at the hotel yeah when we're not working so we were like sound check straight back to the hotel just chilled in the hotel all day got uber eats and stuff (laughs) went went back to the venue at like nine ten o'clock to play um 11 or whatever it was Uh and everyone was like oh didn't you see like they changed the laws like you know today you didn't have to like stay inside all day I'm like, like thanks. Oh yeah, cheers, thanks. Like you could have text me or something. Like sure. No, no one told us, but yeah, it didn't really matter anyway. We were kind of happy. Just chilling. Right. But um then we then we played the show and it was bonkers. It was just like first song, Francesca, we opened with first note, mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. fallbacks on stage, all the monitors just got flipped over, all my pedals got ripped out. My mic oh my like, fell over and people were just moshing and like crowd surfing and like chanting and stuff, our name and shit. And I was just like, never felt so alive. <laughs> wow. So yeah. And,
0: uh, that was probably, but
1: it was that like was probably some somebody's first show. Shit, yeah. I was
0: like, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that was probably somebody, a lot of these people have been like sitting in with all this like pent up like <laughs> They're ready to go, you know what I mean? And, like, they're about to blow their gasket, and it's, like, the first show they get to see in a year and a half. and
1: (laughs) Yeah, proper. And then, like, the irony is we played it. I was literally just had my mouth was to the floor. I couldn't believe it. And then we, like, bailed back to the hotel, flew home. A few days later, bang, there's, like, a massive cluster in Sydney, and now they're all in lockdown. (laughs) <laughs> oh my. she got to escape it's, for like a day like a night to 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 go like yeah play it was, it was and- mission mission impossible right it was crazy <laughs> oh, yeah man. i couldn't believe it we I, got in and out of there i got to play that and and recently with gizzard i was like in perth and it was you know like 1800 people or something in this outdoor venue. Again, like second song, this guy pushes past me and boosts off the fallback and crowd surfs, and they're like <laughs> moss pitting and going ballistic. And all my Perth friends are like, we had like one day of masks here. Like, look at my tan. Like, <laughs> no idea what happened. And we're all just couldn't believe it. And then while we we're in Perth, there was a um, lockdown happening in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Brisbane show two weeks later. So we get to Brisbane 2 weeks later, lockdowns all over, we can play the show, it's all good. And I'm on stage in, in Brisbane and my girlfriend calls me, who's just got to Perth and there's a lockdown in Perth. So wow. We're literally
0: like you just missed it again. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm just like playing games now with this covid monster. I'm just like
0: bad. we've been right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably waving all over joint yeah oh my gosh
0: what about leaving australia are they allowing that at all like because in the here in the states uh, we're kind of there you know shows are being booked even like festivals are being booked are you allowed yeah. to leave and, and play here or is it like a big nightmare to come back
1: um uh, i don't know it's quite complex like i see like tame and stuff is going soon, and a few other people. I don't really know many other bands, like any smaller bands, because obviously they're just massive and oh, yeah, can take the risk of like losing a lot of money, you know, if things go south. Um, but yeah, I don't know, it's still just so dicey to think about. I think at the moment, mm-hmm. we're just still kind of just putting our eggs in one basket for next year more or less because just yeah it's just too hardcore i think um we're all just we're just so far behind the vaccines over here that like none of us have been able to get like the jab yet so yeah, um hopefully those things will change though i don't know the news keeps saying things will get more lenient in that department so hopefully things will get better sure hopefully. So. Um, know i know a yeah, lot of bands like...
0: have been itching to get out there to play for you guys too a lot of shows oh yeah
1: for sure. totally. Um. Yeah, but I don't know. I think it's just that whole hotel quarantine thing is really scary too, you know, like putting crew members or band members or whoever, you know, wants to come home obviously after a tour or whatever. I've got to like, um, you know, two-week quarantine in a hotel technically. But Mm -hmm. there was something the other day saying that those could change to one week. So we just sort of, yeah, we're on top of that, but it's kind of just too hardcore to just be like all right let's just like book a tour for in a couple months and we'll just wing it and things will work out yeah, right. we'll put holds on all these big venues and just get <laughs> buses and all this stuff and you know if it doesn't happen oh well like you know we'll just go broke That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's kind of just like pretty nuts
0: oh man i know by the time it's you guys work so quickly you'll have like another three records done by then
1: um yeah yeah i think
0: so <laughs> like i mean especially with, with with gizzard it's like by the time you guys can really play you've you put out what you already put out three records over the course of the quarantine like how do you yeah difficult to come album, up with like being able to come overseas yeah is it like how do you guys even is a set list kind of an,
1: uh problem right, don't even thing? talk about the set list <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're about to play in sydney in august and we have to play doing genre night like every night's different songs uh-huh. um and all the guys are like bringing their girlfriends and stuff and um i'm just quietly kind of happy that i don't think my girlfriend can come because i'm just gonna have <laughs> to be in the hotel every day like mad scientist trying to like get over prepared for these shows every night oh um gosh. it'll be fine a lot of them are like pretty chill i keep just trying to tell myself that but like (laughs) like in 2019 when we toured we were playing 80 we had a mixed bag of 80 songs or something so we're like just swapping them around every night um yeah it's fun like it's good i love the challenge but sometimes it's just like oh it's just you know I do also just, like, love touring with the Murlocs and playing the same set. I was going to (laughs) say, Murlocs are probably a little bit more laid back, I would imagine, with the amount of songs. Yeah, and we we sort of of... know what songs are the best and work live the best, you know? Like, there's definitely a bunch of Giz songs that are just not very good live, but we still just give it a go and (laughs) take a few goes to sort of decide that it's not good. Um, (laughs) But with Murlocs, we're pretty much just, like, do one rehearsal of a song and it's just like nah this sucks um <laughs> we know our, we know our limits in the murlocs that's for sure sure
0: sure well man thank but, um, you so much and for for talking with me today dude i appreciate it
1: yes yeah, it's been good chatting to you too man
0: um and i hope soon enough like this all kind of opens up i mean like i said i haven't even seen a show personally in a year and a half so and, and we're starting to a little bit open up here in the states but I know it's kind of touch and go for a bit in Australia. Like you said, you were able to play some shows, but it's been kind of like one of those things where it's open and then it's closed. It sounds like it's that's kind of still the case over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit um, off and on. But, uh, yeah, we're ho- we're hoping to do this. Verloc's Aussie tour for the album starting September. So, you know, things keep getting pushed back, but it's looking more hopeful by that point. That's awesome.
0: Well, I love the new record and and obviously everything you've, you guys have been doing is incredible. And just the amount of music you put out is just blows my mind. <laughs> and, and I, cheers. yeah. And I appreciate you. Uh, one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Um, well, these days I feel like you can do most things yourself. We kind of did everything a lot, um, ourselves and still do. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I don't yeah, I don't know, I think it'd just be wary of like contracts you don't know what they look like, or you know if anyone approaches you that seems random or uncomfortable i'd be I'd question things you know, and just uh yeah, try and do most things yourself as much as possible and just keep putting out music. I think a lot of people get scared about putting out that first album, which I reckon is just silly, so you know. <sighs> Just keep keep punching and keep grinding.